I feel like not just the time, 3 Mm -hmm. a.m. There's, you know, the, you know, 3 a.m. is like the witching hour of ghosts. And but I think also the number three, there's something about it that's Mm -hmm. just very, I I don't know what word to use. But I mean, you say, you know, the three fingers, the three taps, 3 a.m. is when Mm -hmm. that happened. I feel like there's there's definitely a connection there. everybody welcome to another episode of scary stories to tell at atlas where we come together in the studio and talk about some of our own paranormal ghost story experiences so today it's uh just me and brian and he has his own story to tell us so go i ahead. do hey thank you so a couple of caveats I'll throw out at the beginning of this thing. The first one is I'm gonna. This is an emotional story for me, so I'm gonna try not to lose it, and I'm thankful that we're just audio on this one. Yeah. So um, the other one is, uh, I guess this is not a scary story, um, and it's. Uh, I guess we'll just get into it. So uh, I'll, I'll try not to ramble too much. I've I've told this story or versions of it. Um, many times, so it's a story when people ask me if I actually believe in ghosts. Um, or that sort of thing, any like spiritual afterlifey stuff. This is the story that I tell. So, um, for about three weeks before this happened to me, actually, I'll say that's not even right. Three weeks was when it was really bad. Probably six months before this started happening, I'd wake up in the middle of the night or whatever, I was having really bad pain. Like, felt like someone was stabbing me in my back. Oh. Pain, like intense pain. And um, when that would happen, I figured out very shortly that that meant I was going to be passing a kidney stone. So I was having kidney stones when I was like 30 years old, 32 years old, which is pretty young. Uh, and one night it was, it was really bad to the point where, um, I had talked to my wife about it before and she happens to be a doctor and I kind of told her what was up. Uh, and then this night it was so bad to the point where I thought I was going to like pass out and like, like really consider waking her up and making her take me to the emergency room because it was just Mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't breathe and I felt like I was going to throw up and just really nauseous and then when you have the clink of the stone come out that's not good either and that would just like buckled me to my knees and it just hurt Uh, but as some guys do or maybe most guys uh, I was just like okay well I'll just deal with this I'm not going to go to the doctor I don't need Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor I don't want to go to the doctor I have one in my household so if I guess really bad then she'll know right she'll she'll address it or tell me whatever. So she had been kind of been saying, um, you need to have this, you know, keep an eye on it. Make sure you don't let it get to the point where you just can't handle life anymore. Cause it was pretty painful and I just was feeling like crap. So, um, as time goes on, they're getting more, more and more frequent to the point where I finally decided, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to consider going to the doctor, which was a big step for me. So this is over the time. It was maybe every other week or so these would happen to me. Um, and I was at, I was working at state farm insurance at the time and it came up to be, it was a, it was like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I had to go to Des Moines for some training and, uh, it was like an overnight thing. And I had a hotel room. It was all to myself and I was kind of pumped, had a king size bed. I'd never been really in a king size bed, especially not by myself. So the second night we were there, 
um, after we did work and we went and had dinner and some drinks and stuff and we went and hung out in somebody's room like you do when you're mm-hmm. on your first business trip yeah. as a grown up, I uh, went back to the room by myself and put the remote control to the TV next to me in bed because my wife um, wasn't a real big person as far as music and stuff at night to fall asleep. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have the TV on tonight. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I'm going to spread out in the bed, which is exactly what I did. Um, and I fell asleep. So the bed um, was one of those where it's like on a platform connected to the floor. So you can't get under the bed. It was mm-hmm. like a solid carpeted even from what I remember, like platform. And then the mattress was on the on the top of that stuff. So uh, in the middle of the night, I woke up. And I woke up because I distinctly felt three fingers on oh, my face. Oh my gosh. Like it felt like the index, middle, and ring finger of someone's hand underneath my cheek going up towards my my ear. And I felt that like I was dead asleep and it woke me up instantly because I was like, I know I'm in this room by myself. Someone touched me. I've never had that before. I've never had it since. I was immediately awake like i like it was middle of daytime like wow no grogginess no second guessing like am i still asleep this is this a dream none of that i'm wide awake because i'm freaked out i'm thinking there's someone in this room so i lay there and i reach to put my hand on the remote i had turned the tv off before i went to bed i put my hand next to where the remote was where i put it in the middle of the night and it's not there I can't feel it. So I'm moving my arm around and I'm trying to find it and I can't find it. And I'm laying there and I'm thinking, okay, I look at the clock and it's like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, oh, all right, that's the time. It seems to be right. Three. So I'm like, okay, um, where's the remote? What touched me? That's weird. Um, I can't go to sleep. I'm wide awake. My mind is just going nuts. I'm trying to figure out what just happened and uh, where this thing is. So I decided I'm just going to get up and, uh, I start feeling bad and I pass another kidney stone like instantly. I didn't have to, there wasn't hardly anything. It just hurt really bad. And then the aftermath was really bad. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to, I really have to do something about this. Like I can't keep doing these things and like the mm-hmm. amount, I'm just going to get graphic a little bit, but just the amount of blood oh my God. was terrible. And like, I couldn't get it to stop bleeding Oof. and I'm thinking, okay, I've got, another day of training then I've got to drive back home and then I'll, you know, try to figure out to get a doctor or whatever. So I'm after I pass the stone middle of the night, I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm not going to go to sleep. I don't, everybody else that I'm working with isn't going to, we're not supposed to meet down in the lobby till like six forty-five, seven o'clock. So I got like four hours. So I decide I'm just going to watch TV and I can't find the remote. So I may have to manually turn the TV on. I turn the lamps on in the room and I pack my stuff because this is the last day that we're there. And I search the room. I tear it apart and I could never find the remote. I never did find the remote. I, had to, I told the front lobby, like, hey, I don't, I don't know where the remote is. I can't find it. I don't know. I looked wow. through pillowcases. I looked, pulled the mattress from the bed. Um, I looked under the mattress. I looked everywhere in the room and I never, never did find it. So, um, get in the car, go to work, drive to the office in Des Moines, and there's a terrible accident on the interstate. It's really bad. And you can tell it's, it's bad. 
one of those where there's like six cops and, you know, yeah. fire trucks and ambulances and stuff. And uh, I'm sitting there and I can feel it. I'm going to have an, I'm going to have another kidney stone or like something's happening to me. Like I can feel it. And I, I know I've got to either I'm going to get out of the car and do this on the side of the interstate yeah. and rush hour traffic in Des Moines. Or we're going to like, I'm going to try to hold on and make it to the office. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did barely. And it was to the point where I was like, this something's seriously wrong. Something mm-hmm. is to the point where I'm, I'm scared now because before I could just play it off and like, Oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. And this was, this was obviously a big deal. So I come into training late and I have to kind of explain to the, the te- like not teacher, but the person that's showing us this new stuff, like, okay, this is what's going on with me and this is why I'm late. And we get back to the office and the person sitting next to me in my cubicle, a friend of mine, her name is Brecky, and uh, she's like, had been on me, like, to go to the doctor. She would see me have these at work or like mm-hmm. was really good. She was one of my, you know, still is, but was one of my very best friends. It was like my work bestie and we did, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff together and good friendly family friend of mine too. So she would just get on me like my wife or my sister and be like, you got to go to the doctor. What are you doing? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would never listen to her. And she said, my neighbor, my next door neighbor is a urologist. Like I'll, I'll call him right now and I'll get you in. And I said, well, Okay, so I finally give in, and I go, and he says, well, you're pretty young to have these kidney stones, and, and I was having gallstones too, and he's like, well, that seems strange, but why don't you go in, and we'll get you set up for some imaging, and we'll just kind of see you know, what, how many stones are in you and that sort of stuff, so we can shoot them with lasers, or that's really the only way to break them up and to get you to pass them, mm-hmm. so we don't really like to cut and take them out. Mm-hmm. So I go to UNMC and I get my scans and he uh, says when I get done he's like well I'm glad you came in today um, because we found a tumor and I was like what and he was like yeah we we didn't find any kidney stones any gallstones but we found a, a tumor in your bladder oh my god so I had basically they diagnosed me with bladder cancer at 30 like 32 I think it was which is about 15 years younger than the average person that that gets it and that you know pretty much rocked my world because at that point even being married to a doctor I was like well cancer is like that's a death sentence you know that's what I thought like oh shit I'm I'm done at 32 you know didn't do everything that I, that I wanted to do. And my uh, mentality is to skip to the worst thing possible as fast as possible. That's where I go. And then I try to walk back if possible. So that was a bad, bad time. And, um, I had surgery. My doctor was great, took it out and I've been cancer free ever since, which I'm very happy for. Um, that type of cancer, it comes back very regularly. So I had to have a lot of checkups and stuff after the fact and a lot of scopes and cystoscopies and nasty procedures. If you know what I'm talking about, fellas. Um, but that's left me with a lot of time to think about stuff. Yeah. So my conclusion was, and I, and anybody, I don't know if you could come up with an explanation, I probably wouldn't believe it because this is what happened to me. So in my mind, um, those fingers were my, that was my dad. And that was him waking me up and then uh, 
that remote control being gone was basically him making me just sit there and think like focus and not be distracted. And then the next few minutes was me passing another one. So Mm -hmm. it was to me, it was like him saying, Hey, pay attention to this, focus on this. You have to take this, you have to get this taken care of something, you know, your body's telling you this. And if it wouldn't have been for that last one, I would have never went to the doctor. They wouldn't have found the tumor until it was probably really too late. And uh, I feel like that's potentially saved my life was having someone yeah. touch my face in the middle of the night in the middle of a hotel room in Des Moines. Wow. So that's my, that's my little story wow. about that. So a little bit later on, I'm talking, let's see, how old is my son now? Three and a half. So it would have been about, you know, three and a half years ago. It was about a couple of days, honestly, before he was born. My wife and I are sitting in bed talking and it was kind of late, not too, not too bad, but probably around 11. And, um, she was working all the way up. She was like on call all the way up till she had the baby. Oh, good for her. And, uh, we we're sitting there and I heard distinctly, I don't know if I have it. Let me, this is this glass here. It sounded like this three taps on a piece of glass. And I immediately look up and it's, I know without a doubt it came from our ceiling fan that wasn't turned on, but it was like Mm -hmm. someone tapped it three times just like to get my attention. And my wife is a thousand percent skeptic. She doesn't believe any of this stuff after everything that I've had happen to me and all that stuff. She doesn't believe it at all. And she said, what was that? Did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I heard that. It was, she's like, it sounded like someone tapping on glass. And I was like, yeah, it definitely did. It wasn't like a window. It didn't have that sound. It sounded like a light bulb or a, like a glass lampshade yeah. is what it sounded like. And then like, I think it was two days after this, he was born emergency C-section and she had complications and he kind of had, we had some heartbeat issues. And so it was like, a, we have to do this right away sort mm-hmm. of situation. And he was born like four minutes after we went into the, oh my gosh. to the, to the room. So, uh, that's another one where I feel like that was probably my dad saying like, Hey, you know, life's going to change. Pay attention. Something, something needs to be addressed here. And that's the last time I've had anything like that happen to me. But I choose to believe that it's him looking out for me, keeping my family together and, um, you know, warning me and of like life altering things. That's the only time it's ever happened to me. It's been two things where my life changed yeah. uh, both for the, for the better. So, right. Yeah. That's, those are my stories. I feel like Ooh, I made it through. <laughs> yeah, you did. Good job. Um, I feel like not just the time 3am mm-hmm. there's, you know, the, you know, 3am is yeah. like the witching hour of ghosts. And, but I think also the number three, there's something about it. That's mm-hmm. just very, I don't know what word to use, but I mean, you say, you know, the three fingers, the three taps, 3 a.m. is when Mm -hmm. that happened. I feel like there's, there's definitely a connection there. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm with you, man. I completely believe that it was your dad. I've heard similar stories of like my friend who I think I may have mentioned this on another episode. um, But if I haven't, a friend of mine, her grandmother passed away. 
and she had very vivid dreams with her. She um, was actually, funny enough, was studying to become a nurse, and she started to fall asleep, and um, she just felt this zap like she had been electrocuted almost, and like just immediately woke her up, and she was, and this was shortly after her grandmother had passed, and she had said, I, I feel like it was her, and all this, the dreams and everything was mm-hmm. all happening around the same time. And she said, I 100% believe that it was her telling me, like, hey, keep going. You know, you got this. I know it's hard. And I'm sure you guys can, can under, you know, understand that nursing school is very hard. And um, similar situation with, uh, like, a ladybug. Ladybugs were her favorite, like, animal bug, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And um, she saw them everywhere after that in her car. Like, there's no way they would have been in there. Um, I feel like our loved ones, it's hard for them to communicate with us um, in ways that we understand. Mm-hmm. And so in little ways like that, whether it's in our dreams or different symbols or just moments like that, I feel is, especially when, you know, in your case, something big is about to happen or they're just trying to tell you something, warn you about something. I 100% believe that. I feel like for my stories, for me personally, I, and I've thought about this a lot because when something like that happens, you just, I don't know, I have to think about it, right? So like mm-hmm. you have no other choice to like try to, because that's how my brain works. I want to figure out what it was. Like what's the logical explanation for the exact sound of a fingernail hitting, a, you know, a, la- a light bulb or right. how did this object that I touched a few hours ago disappear and I cannot find it, that sort of stuff. I feel like for me, when my dad died, he, the last time I talked to him, he was so far gone in the hospital that he had almost regressed to a point of like a child. Mm-hmm. So like, it was almost like I was the dad in the situation and he was, he wasn't my dad when yeah. I, the last couple times that I saw him, especially the last time I talked to him, it was almost, I was talking to Sammy about this when she was still here. Cause we had, you know, shared that bond of losing a dad and. I said that mine, when I, last time I saw him, it was so terrible and I, I hated it that that was the last thing I remembered was it wasn't him. And he mm-hmm. like looked at me in a way that I'd never seen him look before. And he smiled at me in a way that it wasn't, it just wasn't him. Mm-hmm. It was almost, I don't want to say evil or scary, but it was just, it was a different person yeah. behind his eyes, you know? And I always thought like this was his way to make it up to me for being the last time that I, you know, saw him and had a conversation with him. And I left when, when I left that night at the hospital, I was mad at him and, um, just like heart sick and disgusted in a way. Cause it was just not him. And I felt like, you know, why, why did I would have rather had him not talk to me than what, what we talked about and mm-hmm. stuff. So I always felt like this was his way of making it better for us. So, yeah. That's how that's how I choose to believe it. I didn't see him or, you know, he didn't talk to me. I have had him come to me in dreams before. Uh, important thing, like I remember one time when I was at State Farm still, this is a little right towards the end, and uh, I was at the, in the dream, I was at the Douglas County Courthouse because uh, I was getting, was working in a, on a claim that went to, like, suit, so we had to go to trial. And I was in the bathroom, like, washing my hands in the mirror, and he came walking in. And I said, what are you doing here? You can't, you're not supposed to be here. And he's like, 
oh, I just, you know, I, I was in the neighborhood and he <laughs> walked into the stall and then he was gone. And just like every once in a while I have dreams like that. But that one was one of those that is like so real yeah. that, uh, I don't know, it stuck with me. I mean, I dream almost every night, I think, but that's one of those that I can, to the, what it smelled like in the air and mm-hmm. what the water sounded like in that dream, I can still hear it right now. So wow. I don't know. It's just, uh, one of those things, I guess, but those are my, those are my stories. I think we'll just end it with, you know, there are so many things that we can't explain and sometimes the more logical side of us or logical people in our lives just want to write it off as like based on science or whatever, you know, this is what it is or this is what it probably was. But I think there are those things that are just inexplainable, but in sure. a, in a good way, I guess. Yeah. But, that time it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah I've, I mean, I, I think if anybody else would tell me that story, I'd be like, yeah, right. But, um, I just choose to believe that's what happened. So I don't know. There could be proof that it wasn't, but no, I'm probably, with you. I'd probably put that aside. So I'm with you on that. I, I would think the same thing, honestly. Well, thank you for telling that story. Uh, really, you're welcome. Really appreciate you opening up about that. Um, thanks for listening guys. Uh, make sure you stick around for our next episode, but uh, until then stay spooky.